Oh, man. Today, John Carpenter's Halloween turns 45. This is Kofo Live and Undead. I am your host. Daniel Crozier, and I'm joined by the amazing Mike P. Nelson! Mike, how are you, sir? Awesome, man. <laughs> I love that intro, just getting splattered with crap. Thanks. I, I'm a great target. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on to the show. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's it's truly an honor. Uh, I just got done watching, you know, Wrong Turn VHS eighty five, and uh, I started into summer school a little late this afternoon. But uh, oh, yeah. but it's so <laughs> that's, that's good. That's the real so old one. Yeah, <laughs> the very very first anthology we ever did. But uh, yeah, that one we shot that back in two thousand five, two thousand six. Man, that was a long time ago. Nice. When you were a wee lad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, Mike, for those who uh, aren't familiar with your work, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, how you got into filmmaking. Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm from Minnesota. Um, I currently uh, live live here now in Minnesota. This is where I am. This is my basement. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, you know, um, I always, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll take the, the, a little bit of the cliche route because it's true. Um, you know, I always been into, I always wanted to make movies. I always was into movie making, you know, picked up, picked up my dad's, uh, you know, old VHS cam quarter from the eighties and just uh, would shoot stuff with my brother do little stop motion animations all that kind of stuff nice. um but yeah you know it it uh it was just something that you know over time just kept kept at it kept doing it and uh you know my my family's in the arts my dad was uh, was a graphic designer and my mom's a teacher and and uh so yeah i just just was always surrounded you know in arts and dad always rented you know, fifties and sixties, uh, horror and sci-fi for my brother and I to watch growing up. And, um, so yeah, it was just, uh, it was, it, it was just in the stars, you know? Um, and, um, yeah, I just kind of continued after it and, um, just kept making stuff. And I, um, 
yeah, like through high school uh, and everything, just made crummy little shorts. And uh, it was it was funny. It was usually um, we'd go to church on Sundays and then we would come home from church and then we'd make a horror film. <laughs> nice. So that was that was sort of uh, that that's how we, we spent our time, especially in the summers. Um, and that's great then, uh, yeah, that no, was great. <laughs> And um, then, uh, yeah, then I decided, you know, I wanted to, to go after this. I really wanted to do this. I, want, I wanted to make movies. I wanted to be a filmmaker. And, um, you know, I did. I, I, went the, I went the film school route. Um, I know it's not, not something that's for everybody, yeah. but did it and uh, haven't, have never regretted a second uh, doing it. Nice. Um, you know, I feel like it was, uh, it was a place to learn how to collaborate and to just be around people who love, uh -huh. you know, doing what you like to do as well. Um, and that was, that was a big eye opener. You know, you can say, you can say that you, they teach you stuff about like theory and then you get to make movies and all this stuff. And that's, and that's great. But so much of uh, doing film school was the community. Um, and finding like-minded people that you could make stuff with and get excited with. And um, again, not saying that that's not something you can do outside of film school. It, it happens all the time, all, every day. Um, but for me, that was, that was the thing that I took away from, from it the most was just, wow, like there are some really, really passionate people, really, really talented, creative people. And I want to surround myself with those people. And so I continued to do that. Um, I'd say that I learned the most um, about, you know, my myself and my craft after I left school. <laughs> um, you know, you you learn you learn you know lots of the ins and outs. You get to learn about gear um, and uh, sort of the the tech and um, stuff about storytelling and stuff like that. But you can only learn so much. And then when you get out of school and you really start doing, that's when I started to find, you know, my voice and really connected with the people who were serious about doing this and wanted to, um, to do this with. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was that, but yeah, film school was great. I mean, yeah. I met, I met who's my wife, uh, my wife, Katie, I met, uh, we, we dated through, through college and she's an animator and I was a filmmaker and, nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was it was a very it was a very good time and taught me a lot about myself. And then when I got out of film school, it was um, just keep making stuff, just keep creating, just kept shooting, kept teaming up with friends, making projects. And you know, it, it, some of the stuff I was directing and some of the stuff mm -hmm. they were directing. And then that means I would shoot for them, or I would do sound uh, like post production sound for them. You know, whatever it may be, I would edit their piece. You know it. We all helped each other out. It didn't matter um, what you were. It was that we were all creating something. Um, so that was like my biggest takeaway was we just kept making. That's which cool. What I attribute to kind of where I got to now, which is I just kind of kept going and never stopped. Um, and I always took chances and... Um, did stuff that I wanted to made stuff that I wanted to make that I wanted to see. Wasn't worried about what other people wanted to see. Cause I can tell you right now, all the stuff that I tried to make mm -hmm. that was for other people because I mm -hmm. thought maybe it would get me 
in front of people or in the room or, you know, would get me a job, all that stuff. Yeah. Ended up falling flat on its face and went nowhere. And all the stuff that I made because I loved it was yeah. all the stuff that got attention, that got people talking, that got like put all over blogs online. That's how I met my agent. That's it, it was it's just like, and it really showed me like, don't like focus on what you want to create and what you're passionate about and put all your energy into that. And that's kind of what I just continue to do. And if I ever fall into that, like, well, but I feel like they're going to want this sort of thing. I pull back. Right. And I'm like, nah, but you want to see this. Yeah. And I know right now that might not be a yes from them, but just do your thing and it'll all work out. And here we I are. See. Yeah, trust your gut. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Wow, that's cool. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about you know, how uh, summer school came to be. And for those that aren't aware, that, that one came out in 2006. How old were you when that? <laughs> well, I had just graduated college so i was what, nice. like what 23 24 years old <laughs> something like that nice. um and uh yeah i mean i don't i don't even think we got like the proper release on that until 2009 or something like okay. i know we had finished the movie around 2006 but even so like we were still working on it there was like small time distribution deals that we were doing with random companies and i think now you can still find it in like bargain bins at Walmart on like those like multiple disc horror sets. Like I, I have a oh, couple nice. here. My, yeah. my, my mother-in-law found one at a Walmart. This was several years ago. And she was like, Mike, is that, is that your movie that's on there? Because I bought it thinking, well, I know it's summer schools. That's Mike's movie. Yeah. But I didn't know if it, I was like, it is my movie. That's freaking weird. And I had no idea that it had made it out in the world. Our distributors sort of lost contact with us. Oh, but like it went out and it got on these anthology, like uh, multiple movie discs, like, cool. where you know, 10 discs, 10 movies on a, on two discs or whatever. And that was like, that was a cool, a cool win, nice. <laughs> I guess. And, but that was summer school was literally just a movie about like that, that me and, and uh, some of my college buddies um, that went to MCAD put together. Um, uh, you know, Ben Trandum kind of like put the put the thing together as sort of like the anthology and sort of um, um, uh, kind of tied it all up and and made sure that everything was cohesive, but cohesive. But basically, all of us directors kind of had a genre of horror that we wanted to play in, and we somehow figured out a way to put all those genres into a kid at school. Okay, wow. And that was and that was it. And it was it was a big experiment. We didn't know. Yeah. I mean, we were still, again, we had just, I had just left school. I was really still learning and figuring stuff out. And, uh, you know, it was, um, it was fun. It was, yeah. it was, it was liberating and it was fun to get out of college and just shoot a movie, not know what was going to happen with it. And, um, you know. <laughs> nice. Well, it's a great way to really cut your teeth and, you know, get your, Best foot forward out there. Um, we got some friends popping in. Uh, Brad says, "Hey, Mike, Brian, hey, Brad, 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 Brad. <laughs> uh, 
he's the gentleman that uh, encouraged me to reach out to you. Yes, yeah, uh, Brad uh, got us over at uh, uh, Denver Starfest, I believe is what it was uh, back in the day, and showed the movie there. And uh, yeah, that was that was a fun time. That was I'll never forget that. That was a fun weekend. That's cool. Um, yeah, you know, recently I also, uh, you know, caught, and unfortunately it was, it was just a part of it, but, uh, the domestics, which, uh, you know, led, uh, it had to, what is it? The Lance Reddick who, mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately just recently passed away in the last year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, God, that, yeah, that was, was a really cool premise. He, he was incredible to work with. Um, he, you know, he was one of those guys that um, I'll never, I, I guess the, the story that I love to tell about him is um, uh, he read, he read the script and um, I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, I don't want to give too much away, but he, he, he read, a, he, he read a moment in the script where um, he says, uh, not bad, right? A little gamey, but tender. <laughs> and he, uh, and again, I don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen it, but um, if you know what I'm talking about, if right. anybody, you know, whoever's watching and knows what I'm talking about, that was the moment where he was like, I have to do this movie. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we had a really great time. And, you know, he, you know, we were shooting, we were moving so fast shooting that movie. It was like a 25 day shoot, nice. a lot of action, a lot of practical effects. Um, you know, we had, Kate Bosworth and Lance and Tyler Hecklin and David Desmelshian. Like we had all these people who, you know, Brad Leland from Friday night lights. Like we had a lot of people coming in to, to work on this movie and we had to move. And I remember really only having time to do two, maybe three takes of oh, wow. anything. And uh, sometimes just one, sometimes it was a one yeah. and done. Like that's all you had, like, especially with effects or spin shots. Yeah. It was like, as soon as you got it, if you got it, there was no time to reset. Mm -hmm. hopefully everything is fine. Hopefully nothing was corrupt. You just got a shot. You had to move on. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll never forget that last day that Lance went home mm -hmm. and he was like, he's like, Mike, I want to work with you again. But you got to promise me one thing. I was like, what's that? He goes, you got to give me at least five takes next time. <laughs> and right. I was like, you got it, man. Deal. <laughs> Deal. I will give you your five takes next time. And unfortunately yeah. that, that, that didn't happen, but, um, you know, uh, uh, I still owe it to him yeah. for what it's worth. Yeah. The, the, uh, the next film I caught, you know, which, yeah, after getting this interview with you, um, of course was wrong turn, which so many people know the original from the early two thousands, uh, also written by, Alan B. Uh, McElroy. Mm -hmm. um, this was quite a fresh take. I was delightfully surprised. I, yeah, kind of taking that more survivalist approach as opposed to, you know, the antagonists being the, the mutant cannibals that you associate so much with Hills Have Eyes type, type genre. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. What, can I ask what the inspiration was from that? Was that a collaboration between you and Alan or was it primarily from him? How do you approach that? 
Well, that was um, that was a, a screenplay that was given to me from um, one of my managers, Noah Rosen. Cool. We were looking for the next project after Domestics, and um, you know we were we were trying for some things, and um, you know I was new kid on the block, and I was uh, really a nobody, and nobody knew. Yeah, it was like, who's who's this? Oh, Mike Mike Nelson. Oh, cute. He made a he made a movie. Good for you. And so it was like, oh, great. Now, now, how, how are we, how are we going to keep this going? Yeah. Um, and Noah sent me the script. Noah also reps Alan. And he was like, I have a script. They're thinking about rebooting wrong turn. And I immediately was just like, Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. Special place in my heart for, yeah. for the first, for the first movie. Um, I mean, even part two, uh, um, but still, like I was just like, for for some reason at that at that place in time, I'm just like, this isn't how I saw my life going, which is doing a, a, another wrong turn movie. You know, being yeah. that there were six of them at the time. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I mean, I'll read it. Like, I'm I'm up for it. Like, I never I never turn down reading a script. Um, I I'm always always up for reading stuff. So, checked it out. Yeah. And was pleasantly surprised. Um, cool. because it was. To, to what you were just saying. It was yeah. so different, so unique. It had a lot of the stuff that, visually stuff that I like, like of course guys guys in big skull masks. And yep. um, I love survival horror as you, I mean, domestic yep. very clearly says like the whole movie is just a survival story. Um, yeah. And a lot of my shorts, you know, back in the day were all about survival and in the woods and um uh, and so i was like man this there's just a lot going on here you know i liked where it was i liked what it was talking about you know a little bit politically and i was just like there's so much to be said here and i was like okay i like this i have my notes but yes i like this and then when i started talking with alan and i started talking with robert Culzer at constantine who had done the first movie as well um i realized that this was a group that was very clear that they were doing something different and that's what they right. wanted to do. And so from the get go, we were all on the same page of the type of movie that we wanted to make. Um, obviously things changed from the first draft and we sort of, we ironed things out that, that, that we had to both for budget and for creative. Um, but ultimately we were all, we were all on board to make a complete redo fresh take on what wrong turn was. Right. Um, but knowing full well that we were still going to play into the fact that, well, we're in a wrong turn movie. So let's make the first half of the movie like a wrong turn mm -hmm. and then just do something batshit crazy, uh, in the, in the second half. Nice. And, um, you know, obviously that didn't sit well with everybody, but as time has gone on, um, I think a lot of people have given it a second chance now which yeah. is fun with all these with all the movies that come out that are a little bit different or a little bit left to center or right of center whatever right. way you want to go um and i think a lot of people who maybe didn't really give it the chance at first are finally were finally watching it and being like whoa this yeah. is actually pretty cool and so it's really yeah. cool to see the risk that we took which was doing something really different um with the genre and with with the the franchise and um I think it paid off. I think I think it really did. I think we made a cohesive movie. I think we were able to to revive it again and do something fun with it. And it's like if you're gonna redo 
and reboot a series, like why not just go all out and do it? You know, why, yeah. why do we have to do it the way that everybody else does it? Or I'm not in the business of making the same movie um, a second time. I'm not interested in that. And this was a chance to do that. And it was very eye opening yeah. uh, to work in a franchise that was beloved and hear both love and hate from fans. And <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I would say that you're not doing your job if you're not ruffling some feathers. It, yeah, it's definitely part of it. You, you have yeah. to. You have to have some fun with it and you have to be okay with people not liking what you're going to do. Um, it's okay not to be liked by everybody. Right. Um, you grow a tough skin in this, in doing this because even if your movie is celebrated by most mm -hmm. the loudest voices are going to be the cruelest and you will hear those through all the all the good things being said to you and those are going to be the things that will still stick in your mind yeah and you have to let that go you have yeah. to just move past it you have to look at what you did you have to be proud of what you what you accomplished and also realize that you were the one that you got the opportunity to share your creative vision yeah you know what i mean like that's it's pretty awesome. It it is. Hats off to you. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing the original when it came out, and then the the sequel with Henry Rollins, which mm -hmm. you know, out of those two, I prefer that just because of Henry Rollins and mm -hmm. Joe Lynch directed that. Yeah, it's it's fun movie. Yeah, and then you know the uh, the sequels uh, after that never really got their hooks into me but watching yours oh man the, the unique take um i really enjoyed watching the antagonists you know you have some that uh, of course like a wrong term movie uh gruesomely die on their way <laughs> making a lot of mistakes as they should and then you know the few that uh, you know Go into that second half and you see like Stockholm syndrome set in for a couple. Yeah. And then for for the, the key antagonist, uh you know, she turns into complete survival mode. And I just loved, you know, uh with that when she, she's threatened and she fights back, it's all out. And she goes until <laughs> that thing. <laughs> that that um antagonist that she's uh you know battling against is just powder is just pulp he's, i'm like yes lady he's that's the way you, yeah, she's you do it carved, carved a hole in his face yes <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, yeah you, you see a little bit in the little little, little over the shoulder shots and yep. you know in that i was just like holy fuck that is amazing yeah. and I, I i kept thinking about that with so many horror movies that kind of fall onto their or set up those tropes right where you know you, you smack the slasher lady runs away trips up oh, she's caught you know instead of like popping the guy falling on him and just keep going you know of course right. that makes for a short film but you know, if you're looking to do a real life situation, that's probably what you need to do. 
and you know it's it's fun to subvert the expectations and genre, that's what what's so fun about genre is is breaking the rules right. at times and that's what can right. can be such a, a fun surprise i mean it's it's what we were able to do too with you know the um you know the the hicks in the town which are normally demonized and you know i the way that i always like to look at the movie was that it was like a you have a triangle you know you have yeah. you have the the people who are coming from the city you have the people who are um from the small town and then you have the foundation um and they all have very very different viewpoints of each other they all think one or the other is wrong and doing something right. that they're doing and and that's what causes the conflict and that's right. that was such a re that was a really in intriguing concept to me and especially then again going against the grain and you know seeing that the foundation has interesting and and sometimes like well that that viewpoint actually clocks like i i can agree yeah. with that also realizing that they have some pretty bad things about them you could say yeah. the same thing about the, the the young adults coming in from the city though yeah. that they're they that their mindset is very that they're very closed-minded um and then he would say the same thing about uh the people in the small town that they're very closed-minded but as soon as certain certain people from those we'll say from those both from all all angles of of, mm -hmm. of those groups of people when they get past yeah some of that and realize where everybody's coming from they can all see commonality you know what i mean like mm -hmm. when you know when you got tim desar and come in and coming to save the day, you know, and, yeah. and help and help Jen at the end, like, that's not something that you're going to expect. You're expecting her to rot. You know, he's not going right. to go after and save her. He already beat up her dad. You know, it's like, but no, he's, he's not, he's not just a stereotype. He's an actual human being. And that's what we tried to do with the characters is try to create, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you might see them at first as a stereotype and that's kind of right. what the audience sees. And then, as the movie goes on, as you get closer to the end, you start to realize, oh, no, these are pretty complicated people and yeah. they all have to make a choice. And we're going to make the people that you would think make a certain choice go the opposite way. And let's see, right. what, let's see what that does. Let's see, let's, <laughs> let's see what kind of reactions we can get doing that. And I think it, uh, I think it worked out well. I think it was, a little, I think it was a really fun experiment, something fun to try. And again, play within those, what are normally confines of the genre? Yeah, step out of it and see what happens. Yeah, it's you. You know, in, in your movie, you have all, so many different characters, and as it progresses, yeah, you you see all these uh, you know shades of day. Uh, sorry, shades of gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it gives them a little bit more depth, as as opposed yeah. to you know so many uh, horror movies from before. Uh, you know, they you don't go really, you know, deep into the character. It's 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 kind of mm -hmm. a veneer, and, mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I I found really engaging, first and foremost. Yeah, you know, and and then of course going into the ultra violence. Yeah, that was fun. That, that, yeah, that's good fun for the whole family. <laughs> and, and we and we and the movie definitely definitely has that. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's a signature of of the franchise, and that was something yeah. we all agreed going yep. into this that it's going to be it's going to be a pretty grisly, bloody movie. Um, in a, in a different 
in a different way though. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it maybe doesn't go as, as, as high schlock with some of the kills, right. but we, we did not shy away from, um, from going there yeah. in, in some instances. I mean, look, you know, the, the moment when, when Adam, you know, is executed yeah. and his head is smashed. Yeah. That was originally, a, that was like a one full on shot that you never cut away from. Right. And, um, because of that shot and because of how far we took it, we got an NC-17 rating. Oh. Um, and so we actually had to cut away. That's why when you see the thing come down, it, it makes contact with the head, but then we cut to the reactions right. of, of our actors. Originally, that was just boom, yeah, boom, boom, and you see everything black, blast apart, and it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty grisly. Um, but yeah, we... We literally got the NC-17 because of that. And they said, look, you have to cut that out. And we were like, well, what about all these other movies where heads are getting smashed? Like, look at all the Ari Aster movies that were heads right. are getting all this head drama and all this stuff. And right. Like, point to, like, I was just, like, pointing all these things. And basically the answer that they came back with was, it's not just the head smashing. It's the buildup to that. It's mm. the intensity of that sequence to the act of violence yeah. that makes it makes it that rating and i was right. like oh mm. okay so we did our job okay yeah <laughs> we, we did our job because that that is that was supposed to be the moment where you know there was there's there was violence beforehand but yeah. not as extreme as that and that was supposed to be the moment of like oh this things just got very very real and yeah. very very harsh right. um well but in that moment too you cutting away to the reaction of uh you know the compatriots uh seeing their friend get get brutalized like that i think that also lends to a little bit more emotionality you know in, in the character you, 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 exactly i mean yeah. ultimately it ended up being a win-win because it still worked yeah. um you know we still got the payoff people still it, it's it's interesting like you know it's that it's that mindset where sometimes when you don't show something and then right. people walk away saying that they saw it. Right. Like, right. We got a lot of that. Yeah. We got a lot yeah. of like, it was almost like, yes, the, their eyes actually didn't see what we originally had planned for them, yeah. but they filled in the blanks yeah. and, it was, and, and it still, and it still worked uh, really well. It was still very effective. It was still very emotional. Um, yeah. And that was, uh, so yeah, it, it ended up being, being a win in any case. Yeah, a, a good example of that is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure. Yep. No gore in that movie, but nope. it's so they were, visceral. They were going for PG. They were going yeah. for PG, man. Yeah. Yeah, it, they they wanted to play it in the matinees. You know, mm -hmm. they they had a technical uh approach to it to you know, in order to maximize their uh marketability, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh it ended up being so well done that it was just people that still talk about that. The original movie uh, st still say that, oh, how gory and bloody it is. It's like, but there's nothing there. It's not gory and bloody at all. It's all, it's all about that really heightened experience yeah. of, of the act of what's happening is what, yeah. is what sends people into a frenzy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is. It's it is the perfect movie to 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 go back to and, and remind yourself um, how violence can be done in a way that um, 
doesn't show much, but it's still incredibly effective. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, you know, Mike, let's chat a little bit about VHS 85. What a, yes. what a beautiful collage that that whole piece is. Um, yours is no wake and ambrosia. Is that right? Am ambrosia. Yeah. As in ambrosia, ambrosia salad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ambrosia salad. Of course. Of course. Nice. Um, how much of something like a, you know, summer school did you draw upon for that? Or was it just, you know, you, you learned so many new skills uh, leading up to, uh, you know, such a collaboration uh, that it just kind of leaves those experiences behind. I don't think it ever gets left behind. I think, you know, um, I feel like just kind of going back from, we'll just say from the shorts to summer school to yeah. more shorts to domestics to wrong turn to now VHS 85, um, you learn through doing. And yeah. that was a huge, I mean, whereas VHS 85, at least for all of the filmmakers involved, I mean, we were making short films for yeah. this, for this feature length anthology, but, Still, from my perspective, I had learned so much by doing previous films and jumping yeah. into this, which again, like, was even faster. Like, you had to you had to work even quicker. You had you had less time, but not only that, we were, I would say, even at times doing even things that were that were we were stepping up the game as well. Okay. Um, you know, we were shooting we were shooting on water. We were shoot. We were using squibs. We were using all practical effects on the water. We were teaching actors how to water ski. Um, you know, for some reason, I just I love my ensemble casts with like tons of people. I mean, yeah. domestics was that way. Wrong turn is that way. And VHS eighty five is this way. Where I just for some reason I can't get it out of my system that I it can't just be one or two people. It's got to be like <laughs> it's got to be like twenty. <laughs> so it's like even when you're with the with all the 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 young adults in the beginning it's like what is it like six or seven of them and then you move on to ambrosia and it's a whole family yeah. it feels like it's like 15 20 people and it's and um so there's a lot there's a lot to juggle but working on the films prior to this it's like you you want to step up your game you want to do you know something cooler bigger better whatever like uh -huh. or, or, or you know move the needle yeah. um you know, but you are, you're looking back to what you've done and you're, you do, you've, you learn so much from your mistakes, what things worked prior. Um, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I can't rule out any of the, all going back to summer school all the way to wrong term. I mean, you, you look at all that stuff and you're like, yeah, that was all, that was all very, I, I was, that, that's how I learned, you know, yeah. <laughs> you get to this point and, and now the next one, which I don't know what it is yet, but whatever the next movie will be, will be, um, I will, you know, nod to the rest of them in 85 for teaching me, you know, stuff. So you do, you, you learn from, from what you've done. Yeah. Watching the totality of uh, VHS 85, all, all the individual shorts, how everything kind of seems together on the, you know, the found footage VHS tape, uh, 
just kind of remind me of like a, a wonderful tapestry, like, a, you know, just a, a big, um, you know, an exquisite corpse or like your, your grandmother's, uh, you know, quilt, all the little different squares just stitched together and how they just seem, you know, in and out of each other for all these little, uh, you know, vignettes. Uh, I, I thought it was really, really fun. Uh, you know, it was just a glorious mixtape. Uh, that's, that's exactly what it was. It was yeah. It's a mixtape, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always like to equate it as like, it's the, it's the grab bag of candy. Yeah. It's like everything that's in that bag is, it, it's, it's going to be delicious. You're going to, yeah. you might have your favorites inside right. the bag, but it's all going to taste really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that was fun with, with this one was the, the approach that um, David Bruckner was, was really excited about that. We we're all really excited about, which was this sort of this tape over um, uh, uh, vibe, which was, you know, we all have the tapes, yeah. the the blank tapes or the tapes that we recorded television shows on. Cause we, right. you know, we wanted to make sure that, you know, we hit the, the timer on the VCR. So it recorded a certain program and maybe you had a bunch of those on a tape. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in between all that, sometimes when you were quickly searching for a tape to quickly record something, you grab a tape from the shelf, you put it in your VCR, you hit record, and sure enough, you're going to yep. record over whatever's on there. And then, and that that was such a fun uh, thing to explore and uh, and sort of, you know, I think because David sort of took on that um, that overarching. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say necessarily. I mean, yes, he took over the, the overarching structure uh, right. with his with his segment as like it was like a total copy. You know, the uh, the unsolved mysteries that got you know recorded onto a, a tape one one night, and uh, then all these other little strange snuff films got recorded over it. <laughs> yeah, it certainly felt uh, a lot like that. You know, mm-hmm. like you were watching something that was never meant to be found, mm-hmm. you know, that, that type of artifact. Um, I, I kept thinking, it's like, what is it to, to like watch, watch something like that with a live audience in a theater? Uh, were you able to go to fantastic fest and uh, check in, it out? With that? Incredible dude. Nice. Um, yeah, that was, yeah, I was able to go to event. It, all the directors were able to make it for fantastic fest. Oh. And that was, that was an experience in itself was just being able to connect with, you know, all the other creatives on the project and yeah, and hang out and realize that like we all meshed really well, you know, yeah. like you never know when you, when you are, you know, especially when we're all doing all of our segments so remote in right. different parts of the world um, and you never meet these people and you're kind of like, well, I wonder how it's all going to go. And then when you yeah. actually meet them for the first time and, you're hanging out and you're doing all this press and interviews. And then you start, then you go to like movies, to, you're watching movies at the festival together. You're yes. having drinks together. You're having dinner together. And then you realize we all get along. Um, yeah. This is pretty cool. Actually. Um, you know, we're all, again, it's, we're, we're, we all like, we all like the same flavor in, in a way, you know, and that was very, very fun. Um, but watching the movie with the audience there, watching the movie with the audience at beyond fest, Mm-hmm. um out in uh, uh santa monica out, out in la was yeah 
I, I, I mean, Fantastic Fest was was one of the most glorious circuses I've ever been to. Like it was so much fun. Nice. Like the whole experience was great. You know, selling out however many screens that we had of this movie, just packed houses. It was so so much fun, so amazing to see. Um, Beyond Fest was just absolutely wild. Like people just hooting and hollering and screaming and laughing and like nice just such a such a raucous crowd and um you know uh, i think there was there was one point and i think there's some even some uh twitter threads out there i i guess uh glenn danzig showed up and he even got kicked out of the screening in 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 la like it was it that's it awesome was a wild time man and Good. just to be a part of it and to to um to experience that um it plays the movie itself plays really really well big and loud so anybody gets a chance to watch it on anything bigger i mean i guess i don't know where if it's gonna screen anymore at any more theaters or anything like that but like it's great to watch it big and turn it up freaking loud dude because it's an assault on the senses which is good yeah that's a great way to put it um yeah and then I think with any film, like watching it with a, you know, a, a room full of people, you know, those shared experiences are so endearing and, and engaging. Uh, whereas, yeah, I mean, watch it at home if you can, but, uh, but to go out into those group settings is it's electric, so fire. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it is electric. Like you can feel the energy in the room and like, Ooh when like the 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 crazy starts to happen yeah. and it's unexpected and like when you know you can just feel the gasps and like everybody like you know like crouching in when they're watching it, like yeah. there's nothing like it dude it's 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 an amazing experience that's awesome uh brad chimed in with a couple of comments uh yeah. he said great interview on the movie crypt uh, regarding wrong turn. Oh, dude. Yes. With, uh, with Joe and Adam. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. That was actually one of the first times that, um, I think any wrong turn directors actually met. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. You yeah, and Joe. Yeah. Cause I think Joe had tried to get, um, Declan on the show at one point and that didn't work out, but like, mm. Yeah, I was so happy to be on and, and meet him and Adam, and uh, and then actually was able to meet Joe in person out at Fantastic oh. with the Suitable Flesh, um, yeah. which was uh was, was it's it's fun like when you when you meet somebody like that in person. Yeah. Joe's just such a huge beaming, um, incredibly warm person, uh, and so um, being able to hang with him and talk with him and uh, and share experiences was 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 great. You know, and again, it's like, it's like, what, what did he say when we were out there? He's like, does two wrong turns make a right? Ooh. And then we did like the, 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 the predator like hand. Grab. Yep. Oh, <laughs> it was great. Have dude. you been working out? <laughs> yeah, as you can, as you can see, my, my wrists are about the size of a twig. So yeah. <laughs> uh, both of our arms were no match for, for, <laughs> for Arnold and Carl. No, definitely not. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Brad had another question too. Uh, I said, now that uh, VHS wrong turn uh, are out, 
what other horror series would you like to tackle? Series. Um, or franchise. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I mean, the, the one that's like always sort of the white whale that I, I don't know. It's hard to say if it'll ever happen because it's kind of out in the out in the world and it's I think it's tied up in so many different producers and mm. studios and who owns the rights or whatever. But I think it'd be really fun to 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 do um I think Pumpkinhead would be one. It would oh. be a lot of fun to to bring yes. back to life again. I just have a soft yes. spot in my heart for that one. Um and uh I, you know, I've, I recently rewatched, um, and I, I can't say that I necessarily have the, the, the angle on this one yet, but I rewatched Village of the Damned again, and nice. there's, I wouldn't want to redo it. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to redo it. This, the, the, the mm-hmm. frame to frame like the original was, or even like the Carpenter one was, like th- that wouldn't be interesting to me. But it would, I'd have to find what that the story is in there like you know because in the, in the original it's all these children and you know the the idea is that they come from outer space and that they have this telekinesis and um they they have this control when they get together and you know what does it look like though maybe what, what is the story if one of the kids has a has a closer closer relationship with one of the humans and that causes issues or i, I don't know what that is yet but like finding finding the heart of Finding finding a story that has a, a lot of heart yeah. to bring out the horror in that, and to and to see how far you could you could push the bounds with, you know, telekinetic children and and how they um, how they take people out. I think could be a really terrifying, another terrifying thing. I know, like the Innocence, um, which is on mm-hmm. Shutter, yeah, sort of, sort of dabbled in that in that and did I think a really really um, really really good job. Uh, at that, um, that like the infighting that the kids have uh, towards the end, where they kind of start fighting each other, it's like <gasps> I thought that was really yeah. neat. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. Like to me, the franchise thing is different, is difficult mm-hmm. because I get less excited about franchises and more about original ideas or original screenplays. Uh-huh. Um, for franchise wise, like I feel like it'd be one of those like it's like wrong turn. If something was out there that opened up and I was like, oh, oh, that's available. Yeah. Like I would I let yes, I would love to to, to try that. And I couldn't yeah. necessarily tell you what that is right now, but those two sure. are the ones that are kind of always floating in the back of my mind is those would be fun to mess with. Yeah. I think I myself I want to see what um, Mike Nelson comes up. That's original, out of your own mind. Well, well, there's 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 some of those. There's some more of those coming for sure. Good, good, because yeah. uh, I will be there at the front of the line to see yeah. your next work. Yes. So I yeah, like um, Mike, you've got a fan in me, and I want to say thank you for being so generous with your time. And, oh my god, uh, coming absolutely. On chat with me. Absolutely, hundred percent. I'm glad I. I'm glad this all worked out. This is it's always. It's always fun to again meet new people. Yeah. Talk horror movies. Yes. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's kind of the kind of the best, right? <laughs> it is. It. Yeah. Meeting new people, 
and uh, you know, kind of uh, connecting on your love for the genre, you know, yeah. and especially, yeah, as I said uh, on the opener, you know, today's the 45th anniversary of Halloween, so John cool. Carpenter's Halloween. So, so cool. Perfect timing. Uh, for everybody that's tuning in too, uh, make sure to go watch VHS. 85 on Shutter. That's where I got to see it. Mm -hmm. And of course, the new Ron Turn on Paramount Plus. Ooh. Yeah, which is cool. Like I had yeah. I just found that out that it was on Paramount Plus. So it's uh perfect for spooky season. And yeah. if uh if you want the again, if you're looking maybe for more a little bit more of the action vibe, yeah. um check out the domestics because it's got That's some right. uh, the domestics, I, I believe it's on um it's on Hulu. Is it on Hulu right now? I think it is. I is thought I saw it? it pop up on there. Or or it's on Prime. I'm sure you can rent it yeah. on there for like three bucks or whatever. But it's um it's good old practical post apocalyptic mayhem. Yeah. Um, with uh with uh Lance Reddick and and, and yeah. Kate Bosworth and David Desmalchian and and Tyler Hecklin. Yeah, we we had a lot of fun with that one. So if you want to see some some more crazy shit, check that out. That's cool. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, Mike, stick around for a few minutes while we sign off. But again, thanks for coming on, bud. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh, appreciate it. And uh, to everybody that tuned in, thanks so much, guys. Remember, it's Halloween season. So, you know, have fun next week. Well, the whole month is just having fun, right? Uh, and remember, Halloween's every day of the year anyway. So, especially for when, us. When you're a horror fan. Yes, that's right. That's right. Halloween does not end. Yes, it is eternal. <laughs> Take that, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, for our sponsors, we've got uh, Mutiny Information Cafe. If you're going to start a revolution, make sure you're caffeinated. And, of course, our friends at Hellfire Entertainment. Thanks for broadcasting us on your social media, Groovy TV, and uh, of course, Alien Donut Films, uh, Angela Joseph uh, Productions to Bill and Angela. Thank you so much, guys. And my producers, Lily Fisher, Amanda Armstrong, and Stefan Santa Cruz. Thanks for putting up with my shit. All right, guys. Till, well, next week we're off. Uh, we're doing a live draw-off event at Mutiny, so that'll be me commentating and uh, making poor artists do WWE backflips and stuff into tables. Uh, poor guys. It'll be fun. We'll see you at Mutiny Cafe, and uh, again, happy Halloween, everybody. Be good, be kind, help each other out during tough times, and we'll see you next time! Stay spooky, everybody. Have a good night. Woo. <laughs>